And today we're, we're finishing the series on gospel-centered work. Um, and just to review where we've been, if you look at the whole Bible, um, we see that there are these six roles that God wants us to play in the workplace. God made you to work so that you can be a provider, an artist, a missionary, a community servant, an image of God, and a renewer. And we started this series six weeks ago, and I want to ask you, since that time, what progress, what growth have you experienced in any of these roles? I mean, in what way has your life begun to change? Maybe it's just in the way you think about your work. Maybe it's you've been doing some things that you weren't doing before. Maybe you've not, you're not doing things that you were doing before. I think it's important for us to know what progress looks like, isn't it? I mean, okay, so if, if, I'm, if I'm all of these things, either for good or for bad in the workplace, like what does it look like to make progress? Um, we're going to see today that making progress in these roles is essential to the call to be a renewer, which is what we're going to spend our time on today. And there's a table on the back of your bulletin that I want you just to sort of look at. It's got a list of the roles there on the back and with the question of what does progress look like. And I want to walk through this uh, and fill in some of this so that you can begin to think about what progress would look like for you. Okay? And so let's walk through this. Um, as a provider, what does it look like? Uh, what does progress look like as a provider? Well, it looks like you supporting yourself, supporting your family, if that applies, and supporting the church, right, with the money that you have. It, it looks like you feeling the increasing dignity and significance of a paycheck, of recognizing that God is delegating to you an amount of authority because he's going to provide for you through your work. He's going to provide for your family through the church, through the work that you do. As an artist, progress looks like more excellence and more integrity in what you do and how you do it. Uh, you begin to, uh, you have a deepening appreciation that the God, that, that God who saved you is the one that you work for, right? That God is your boss. As a missionary, progress looks like a deepening care about both the work and the people that you work with, right? So you're going to have deeper and, and more sincere care, and you're also sharing your faith in the workplace with others. You're being open about being a Christian, you're making sure people know uh, who you are and, and what your faith is. And then as a community servant, progress is appreciating your jobs and your company's service to people and to the city. Right? It's you seeing or you're serving your boss or your employees better because you understand the bigger picture. You can inspire them because you understand the mission that your job serves, the, the, the function and the mission that your company serves. And then as an image of God, uh, you have this progress looks like an appreciation of your companies or your jobs doing what God does. You're making these connections and you're realizing, hey, if God does this, it's significant that we also do this. And you have a deepening sense of who God is and you commune with him in the workplace through the work that you do that images him. Well, so the sixth role, this role of being a renewer, um, coming back to that, um, this is our focus today. And really, being a renewer is about leadership. Okay, and leadership looks different for different people. Some people long to be leaders, and they grab for the authority of leadership. Other people freak out 
about being a leader. They don't think they're leaders at all. Then they run away from anything that looks like authority. The bottom line about leadership, though, is that leadership is about influence. Okay, so being a renewer is about influencing other people. If you can influence anybody, then you can lead them. Okay, and so if you can move people closer to Jesus, if you can move them closer to God's way of thinking about work, that's being a renewer. Okay, it's influencing people so that they think more the way God does about work. That's renewing. And that's a major way that we work for a renewed city. Um, and so on the inside of your bulletin now, you can open that up, and the first blank that I want you to fill in is this. Renewers at work improve work for others. Okay, renewers at work improve work for others. So being a renewer at work, this is someone who creates better work and a better workplace. So it's doing the work better. It's doing the work more efficiently with greater productivity. Um, it's related to being an artist in role number two, you know, the excellence idea, but it's deeper than that. Because it's not just that you are doing your work with excellence, but you're actually improving the way that the work is done. You improve it for yourself, and then you, you improve it for others. And so being a renewer means being used by God to fix and restore the problems in your job, your office, your company, your profession, and or your industry. You improve your work, and you influence or lead others to improve their work. This is what it means to be a renewer. Now, as always, we don't approach this idea of renewing with rose-colored glasses. Okay, there are some of us in this room who want to run from our work, much less try to do anything to make it better. Right? Some of us hate the work that we have to do. We see it as a curse. Um, and so we need to make sure that as we look at what the Bible teaches, that we look at it through the four layers of the gospel. Right? We've done this every week, the four layers of creation, fall, redemption, and renewal, not restoration, but renewal. Um, my hope is that you would understand these four layers of creation, fall, redemption, and renewal. I would, my hope is that you would understand these things so well that you would have such a firm grasp on the Bible story about how God made the world wonderful and beautiful. Sin has destroyed what God made beautiful. Jesus came to redeem us and now gives us the power to renew or restore. I mean, this is the story that the Bible is telling. This is the story that God wants to tell in your lives, and I want you to understand that story so clearly and so deeply that you would react to everything in your workplace the way that God reacts. Okay, that's the power. That's why every single week we're going through these four layers. It's because I want you to react to the fall the way God does. I want you to react to redemption and renewal the way God does. And so we're going to walk through this as we go. So the first point there, or the next point on your outline, the C, this is creation. And what we see with this idea of renewing is that God has made us to replicate ourselves. God made us to replicate ourselves. Being a renewer is about replicating we experience renewal, and then we share that renewal with others. We replicate that renewal in other people. And from the beginning of creation, God made the world so that everything would multiply with replicating life. Okay, That's the world that God made. That's the world that you live in. 
God made it so that everything that's alive would multiply with replicating life. Okay, that's what we see in Genesis 1. Plants, trees, animals, birds, human beings. Genesis 1 says that they were all created to be fruitful and multiply. Okay, and it culminates in Genesis 1, 27 and 28. This is sort of the pinnacle of creation um, in your bulletin there. Let me read it for us. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So here you see that when God, I mean, this is not just true of the things God made, but it's true of God himself, right? That God himself replicated his own image in human beings. Men and women together image the fullness of God's image. And so, um, so God, God himself has replicating himself with multiplying, replicating life. Um, and then, verse 28, so God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, of the birds of the air, of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so this call to be fruitful and multiply, it's not just about having babies, okay? It's about replicating ourselves. We know this, don't we? Because not everyone is going to have children, okay? Some people will not get married. Some people will not... Um, who are married won't have children, right? I mean, there are people that want to have kids and can't. I mean, not everyone will have children, but God calls everyone to replicate themselves in discipleship. Okay? Much of the joy, not all, but much of the joy in childbearing can be experienced in the process of making disciples, of replicating what God is doing in your life, in the life of of someone else. That's what discipleship is. We're called to spread God's image by example and by teaching other people. And the way that we do our work, right, the way that we engage with our work influences others and it replicates ourselves in other people. And so, in the workplace, like just practically speaking, when you improve how work is done and share it with others, you're being a renewer. Have you, ever had a, have you ever been in the workplace and found a better way of doing something? That's being a renewer. Have you ever had like a better way to run a meeting? We had a staff meeting, a, d- a different kind of staff meeting this week, and I got an email from John um, a few days later. He said, hey, I think we ought to adjust the way we do this, and here's how I think we should do it. It's like, great, that's phenomenal. He's been a renewer. He renewed this portion of our staff meetings. Right? Have you ever come up with a better way to track progress? Um, that's being a renewer. Have you ever brought two people who are in conflict together and brought reconciliation? That's being a renewer. Have you ever helped somebody else understand sort of the bigger picture of a project or a bigger picture of the mission of a company, of your company, so that they could do their work more effectively? Again, that's being a renewer. It's not easy. It's not easy, but learning to be a renewer is a simple two-step process. Okay, there's two steps to being a renewer. You can fill this out in your bulletin under that space, how you can renew. So there are the rules. Two steps, how you can renew. One, make progress in roles one through five. Okay, so make progress. This is why we went over what progress looks like um, in the first five roles. You want to make progress as a provider, an artist, a missionary, community servant, an image of God. You want to make progress in those roles. And then two, share your progress with others. 
Tell other people what you're experiencing. Tell other people what you're learning about, why your work is becoming more significant to you, why you're changing and, and, and renewing the way that you think about work. Now, it's not a coincidence that being a renewer is the same two-step process for how to disciple someone else. Okay, if you want to know how to disciple someone else, it's the same thing. You grow as a Christian. You grow in your relationship with God, and then you just share your progress. You share your growth with someone else. God has made all of us to be able to do this. He wants all of us to do this in discipleship, and he wants us to be able to embrace this and act on this and, and be renewers in our workplace. And, and there's a word in both of those steps that's really important. The, the point here is progress, not perfection. Okay? To be qualified to be a renewer, you don't have to be perfect in any of these areas. You just have to be making progress. That's the key. It's progress, not perfection, that qualifies you to be a renewer. Right? The first five roles, in a sense, renew you and your work. But in the sixth role, that's where God wants to use you to renew others. Others at your work, others in your job, your profession, your company, and your industry. And what's cool about this is that this is actually the vision of our church. Right? This is what we're here to do. Right? Our vision of Harbor City Church is a renewed city through a renewed people to the glory of God. So we want to renew San Diego, and we can't do that unless we all are experiencing renewal. So we need to experience that renewal, we need to make progress, and then we need to share that renewal with others. I mean, this is why we are here. This is why God has left us here. This is why God doesn't just catch us up and bring us up into heaven after we become Christians. It's because he wants to leave us here so that we might renew the city. And the way that we do that, make progress, and share the progress that you're making. So I think of, when I think about it like this, being a renewer, I think it's exciting. Like, I think this is inspiring. I think this is compelling. Um, what stands in the way, though, for us, I think usually, is reality. <laughs> right? It's like, okay, yeah, wouldn't it be awesome if, and yet, then you go to work tomorrow, and you're like, ugh, this sucks. Well, the reason for that is because we don't just live in God's creation, right? We don't just live in the world that God made perfect and wonderful, but that God's perfect and wonderful world has been marred by our fall into sin. And that's what we're going to look at next, to help us understand why things are so difficult. In the fall, what we see is that we don't replicate or we replicate sin. So either we don't replicate or we replicate sin. Maybe you felt this way under the area of we don't replicate. Well, I hate my job. It's not my responsibility to fix it. Or you thought my work doesn't matter, so why fix it? What's the point? Or I can't fix things. I'm just one person. How am I supposed to renew things in my work? And so we get discouraged, so we just get sort of overwhelmed, and we don't try. I think sometimes we might want to do this, but we're afraid we're afraid to stand out. We're afraid to be different. We're afraid of what people will think. And it's our fear of people that cause us to sort of hide our light under a bushel. Sometimes we succumb to the fears of feeling like we're pushing our morality on others if we're going to say something about our faith. 
Sometimes we succumb to, um, yeah, just this idea that we don't think that God cares at all. And in these ways, we don't replicate. We don't pursue God's will for us to be an influence of renewal in our workplace. Okay, then there's other times where it's just us and we're part of the problem. We're actually part of what needs to be renewed. Because instead of renewing our work in the workplace, we actually make it worse. And so we do this by doing mediocre work. Um, we do this by uh, lying, cheating, cutting corners. Um, we let our anger get the best of us. We gossip, we cut other people down in the company. And in all these ways, we're replicating something, but what we're replicating is sin. And I think part of the tragedy of our sin isn't simply that we're doing things that are wrong, but it's that we're falling short of this amazing reality that God wants you to influence your workplace. How many illustrations are there in the Bible? How many analogies does Jesus use when he says, you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth, you are a fragrance of Christ, right? It's all over the Bible, these ways that we are supposed to influence the workplace. God wants you to leave the world better than you found it. And I think the tragedy of our sin is that we miss out on that. The tragedy of our sin is that God actually has a gift for each one of you. He has a gift that he wants you to experience. He wants you to experience what it's like for you to do something and say something that makes other people think, wow, I'm blessed because I know you. something that God wants for you. And the tragedy of our sin, the tragedy of the fall, is that we let go of that and we miss out. We miss out. But here's the good news. Even though many of us have given up on work, God hasn't given up on us. We're going to see that in the next chapter of the gospel here, in the next blank in your outline, under redemption. That Jesus came to replicate himself in us. Okay, Jesus came to replicate himself in us. And so God came in Jesus to set us free from the fall, even the fall of the workplace. And we can see Jesus' redemption of work in the story of Zacchaeus. Right? He's the chief tax collector from Luke chapter 19. And we've talked about Zacchaeus before in the series. Um, I want to remind you that tax collectors were some of the most wretched people in all of Israel. Okay, they, were, they were Jews who were traitors. Traitors to their nation, traitors to God, um, and they joined the evil, oppressive Roman Empire. Uh, they were given the Roman army to back them, and they had to pay a certain amount of, year, a certain amount of money each year in taxes to Rome. But then, anything that they could collect... Anything else they could collect above and beyond what Rome required, they could keep. And they had Roman army backing for them. And so what Luke 19 teaches us is not just that Zacchaeus was, um, was a tax collector, but Luke 19 tells us that he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And so 
Zacchaeus was at the top of the pyramid scheme of tax collectors. So he was not just engaged in evil, but he was replicating evil by teaching and training others to fleece and oppress Israel for monetary gain. Okay? You follow? So this is Zacchaeus. What Luke 19 tells us is that Jesus sought Zacchaeus out personally. Jesus noticed Zacchaeus and pursued Zacchaeus personally, spent time with him, and here's what happened. In Luke 19, 7, it says, when the crowd saw it, that's Jesus going into Zacchaeus' house, they grumbled. Jesus has gone in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. You believe this? And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So it's like the story, right? Two men walk into a house. (laughs) Something happens. And the two men who walk out, at least one of them, is changed forever. Zacchaeus' encounter with Jesus changed everything. Zacchaeus was power hungry. He was full of greed. Jesus came to Zacchaeus in love and in generous grace. And after experiencing Jesus, Zacchaeus becomes like him. Zacchaeus becomes like Jesus. And so Jesus replicates himself in Zacchaeus. When when Zacchaeus received Jesus' love and generosity, Zacchaeus became loving and generous. How does that happen? How does spending time with Jesus change your life in this radical, dramatic kind of way? I think we can see it in Zacchaeus' words. They give us sort of a window into the redemptive power of the gospel. Look at what he says there. He says, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. I think Zacchaeus said this because he came face to face with Jesus who gave up everything for him. What could make you give half of your goods away to the poor? How about someone coming to you and giving his entire life? How about someone coming to you and giving up everything for you? Zacchaeus says, if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Because Jesus responded to Zacchaeus' defrauding with forgiveness, grace, and renewed love. Zacchaeus is overwhelmed by the gospel. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus was lost, and now he's found. Friends, we are lost. And whether we are a chief tax collector or our sins are in some other 
part of, of life, when our eyes are opened to the reality that Jesus came to seek you and to save you, it changes everything. When we see that Jesus gave himself, he gave up everything. And we realize that he did that for me. He did that for you. At that point, we don't just receive Jesus' work on the cross, but we receive Jesus himself. Because the one who died on the cross is the one who stayed on the cross in love, staying there so that your sins would be taken away, so that your selfishness would be paid for, so that the pain that your sins have caused to the heart of God, Jesus would say, yes, your sin hurts, but I forgive you. When we receive Jesus, we're transformed by him. When Jesus replicates himself in us, it's, I mean, we can't help but be overwhelmed by the gospel ourselves. And then when Jesus sees our transformed lives, he says, today salvation has come to this person. Friends, are you blowing it at work? Come to Jesus. He is coming to you. Jesus is seeking you out today. He is willing to forgive you and to welcome you back into his family. Confess your sins. Ask him to forgive you and to make you a renewer like Zacchaeus. And he will do it. He will do it. His redeeming love will make you a renewer. And this is our last point. It's our last point in renewal. We replicate Jesus in others. We replicate Jesus in others. Because of the gospel, we're not just replicating ourselves, but we're replicating Jesus. It's his likeness that we display to others. Jesus doesn't just redeem Zacchaeus' soul. Jesus also renews Zacchaeus' work. In a book called The Good of Affluence, John Schneider said this. He said, there is in Zacchaeus' story something more, something greater even than just the salvation of the wretched man, Zacchaeus. It's the redemption of the world, the world of culture, including its morally questionable economic forms. If a chief tax collector can become a son of Abraham, then surely there is hope for all walks of economic life in our time. This is not that a man was saved from the economics of the world, but that the world is redeemed in and through the salvation and renewed economics of the man. Read the Gospels, and you will see that Jesus inspired and renewed a growing number of tax collectors, of soldiers, of tent makers, of clothing uh, sellers, uh, and he caused them to renew their work. And people could see it. They could feel the renewal of the gospel in how these people conducted themselves in the workplace. One of my favorite descriptions of this is from a book written by Paul Marshall, and it's wonderfully called Heaven is Not My Home. Because he's trying to help us understand that renewal starts here. It starts here, that we're going to go to heaven when we die. We're not going to stay there. God's end result is not heaven. It's a renewed heaven and earth. Um, and so here's this description. 
He says, um, my father is a seller of fish. He has a small store and it smells like fish. And at the end of one bargaining session with a customer over a particularly splendid fish, she said to him, my, you certainly didn't miss your calling. She spoke the truth. My father is in full-time service for the Lord in the fish business. And customers who come to the store sense it. Not that we always have the cheapest fish in town. Not that there is no sin. But this. That little fish market is not only a clean, honest place where you can buy quality fish at a reasonable price with a smile, but there is a spirit in the store. There's a spirit of laughter, of fun, of joy inside the buying and selling that strikes an observer pleasantly. When I watch my dad's hands, big beefy hands with broad stubby fingers, they could never play a piano. But when I watch those hands delicately split the back of a mackerel, when I know that those hands cut and sold fish year after year over 50 years without a vacation, through fire and sickness, thieves and disaster, without complaining, through temptation, struggling day in and day out to fix a just price, in weakness often, but always in faith, cutting up fish before the face of the Lord. When I see that, I know that any work, even cutting and selling fish, can be a sacred task pleasing to God. That's being a renewer. Friends, there is power in a renewer who thinks that their work matters. There is power in a renewer who improves the workplace. There's love in a renewer who helps others in the workplace. I was talking to one of the guys in my life group um, over the last couple weeks and he had this incredibly profound thing to say about renewing work. And I want to share it with you. This is something that he wrote to me. He said this. He said, if your work is a closer reflection of God's character or attributes than the previous state, right? So if you do something and what you do is a closer reflection of who God is or what God does than it was before, then you have moved your work into the region of the eternal. You hear that? If you can do work in a way that is that closer reflects God's character or attributes, then you have moved your work into the region of the eternal. He goes on to say, without the gospel, all our work and our actions will decay over time. But with the gospel, our work can be seen as much more than just work. It's work taking place literally on the stage of eternity. And the author is watching so that we are acting first and foremost for him. Secondly, we are having a direct impact on reality. Your work then, no matter what you do, is fundamentally important because you are a co-creator and you have a direct influence on reality. an amazing way to think about being a renewer, 
that when you do this, your work, I mean, you could be stuck in the back room of an office or in a janitor's closet, and yet your work is being done on the stage of eternity. I don't want to tell you that, so the person who wrote this is Chris Schrager, okay? And if you know anything about his story, for him to say this about his work is a heroic act of redemption and renewal. If you don't know him, I'd encourage you to ask him about his story and how he could possibly see his work like this, given what he has to do day in and day out. So, what needs to be renewed in your work and in your workplace? That's where this comes. What's broken and needs to be restored? What shows signs of emptiness, of loneliness, where you work? Where is the fall especially acute where you work? N.T. Wright tells us, he asks us this question, how can you show in word and in deed that there is another way to live? How can you respond to the brokenness in your workplace with a renewed attitude? N.T. Wright said that the whole human race has been living in exile, shut out from the house of God, being bombarded with music that God isn't playing for them. And he said, our task as Christians is to announce in word and in deed that there is a way back. Our job as Christians is to, is to act and to speak and to think in the workplace in a way that would set forth this other soundtrack. Without the gospel, man, without the gospel, Work decays, right? Even our accomplishments, they don't make us feel satisfied. And so what can you do? What can you do? What can you say to show that there's a different way to live? Your task, prayerfully, is to find symbolic ways of doing things differently. Because by doing that, you'll plant seeds in the workplace soil. You'll be setting up signposts that say, you know what, there's just a different way to be human. There's a different way to think and to act in the workplace. And when people are puzzled by the way that you act in the workplace, then your task is to find ways to share the story of Jesus and why your faith inspires you to work the way you do. It really is that simple. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's simple. And it's essential. It's necessary. Um, this is a great quote by a guy named Philip Onshutz. who was an entrepreneur. He said, I decided to stop cursing the darkness and instead do something about it by getting into the film business. So instead of cursing the fallenness of work, I think God is calling us 
to enter in and to act differently. What can you do this week? I think that we do this, again, in two ways, back to the beginning. This is how you can renew, make progress in rules one through five. It could begin with you simply saying, on your way to work or before you go to work, just remember and rehearse in prayer, the gospel makes me a provider. The gospel makes me an artist. The gospel makes me a missionary. The gospel makes me a community servant. The gospel makes me an image of God. And the gospel makes me a renewer. Pray that and then look for opportunities to share that progress and that renewal with others. And again, being a renewer isn't having it all figured out. It's learning and exploring and making progress together in community. And being a renewer isn't so much, are you saying the right things to people? Are you doing the right things in front of people? Being a renewer is, are you the worker that you want to encourage others to be? Friends, let's pray together. Jesus, we come before you with hearts that are so grateful for the sacrifice that you have made to redeem us. Lord, we confess our work sins. We confess the way that we take shortcuts, cut corners, and replicate sin. Father, we know that we're not perfect. We know that we contribute to the fallenness. And we are so grateful, Jesus. We're so grateful to you that you gave your life for us. And we pray, Jesus, we pray that your spirit, your indwelling spirit in us, would renew our hearts and cause us to want to do something different. Show us, Lord, even this week, what we can do. Put on each one of our hearts just one thing that we can do this week to make progress. Jesus, would you show us the things that we can do, the things that we can say um, so that we can be noticed as different. Not because we want credit or glory, but because we want you to be glorified. We want to be able to live in a way that shows that there is satisfaction and meaning and purpose that comes from you, that sets us free from needing to live for money, live for power, live for control, Jesus, we want to put you on display. Help us to do that. And I pray too, Jesus, for those who are here and don't know you, that they would be so inspired. All of us want this. All of us want to leave the world better than we found it. And for you to offer your power and your glory to us so that we could become renewers. Jesus, draw people. Draw people. Help them to see that your forgiveness starts with us confessing our sin, that we don't have to do anything to earn your salvation. Move in our hearts so that as you have given everything for us, we in turn would give our work life to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.